Good morning, good evening, good night. This is Gilme again, guys. How is everybody doing and their isolation at home? I'm sorry about that, guys, but here it is. Uh, this week's guest, the one, the only, the lost one, Geminis. How's it How's it there going, man? It is going good. Hold on, let me take my last sip of tea here. And, uh, Gilme, it's, it's, uh, it's, honestly, I'm so appreciative for you doing this interview. Uh, I'll just start off by saying that. Uh, well, this is you. this is the inaugural uh, Lost One Gemini's shoot podcast interview, so to speak. Uh, so you are the first one to uh, to get the truth out of me, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, people can understand me a bit more after this uh, this interview comes out. Awesome, man! And I am happy to have another podcast debut on Gilmy Talks because I love. I, I love bringing the uh, quote unquote young guys on the on, on the show because talking to these guys is always always fun. I appreciate and, it and thank you for calling me young. <laughs> love it. Love well, it. hey, well, well, I'm old as dirt, so it works out here yeah, fine. Um, <laughs> nice. First question: What was the spark that made you a wrestling fan and to actually get get into the uh, into the business? Okay, so. Uh... I'll shoot straight from the hip uh, when it comes to this. I was uh, I was broke broken down by uh, you know a rough rough little childhood I had. Um, I didn't really have parents growing up due to uh, circumstances. Um, so I was you know I was raised uh, by my my grandparents, and in that time I was a very isolated kid. Uh, not not that I was antisocial so to speak but you know I, I did have a sense of introvert to me and uh, I um, I found uh, wrestling through my older uncle he would watch it with his friends it started off with uh, WCW you know the kids at school uh, who would be able to watch it you know their parents would let them stay up late I had to go to bed at 830 so I could really never watch any wrestling but you know the kids would talk about it and and eventually, I was like, oh, man, I got to check this out. First pay-per-view, I believe, was Halloween Havoc. And I was lucky because Halloween Havoc actually cut early on the pay-per-view. So they re-aired it the next day, that Monday. They re-aired, uh, I believe, it was the DDP Goldberg match. So I was able to actually watch it on TV after school. And after that, I was like, oh, fuck, this is, this is awesome shit. Um you know, and I was pretty much hooked from then, but, you know, if I dig deeper to the core of it all, uh, my father and my and my grandmother were both huge, huge wrestling fans, like like Sergeant Slaughter days, Bruno San Martino, you know, um, Ollie and Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, NWA. So, so as a toddler, I was watching wrestling. I was sitting in front of a screen and playing with my Hulk Hogan action figures and just loving it. And then, uh, you know, things happened with my family that kind of caused us to separate. And then, you know, and then I went back. I went to go live with my grandmother, and uh, I got back into it, like I said, after Halloween Havoc. And, and I was never allowed to watch it because I had to go to bed at 8.30. So I would find crafty ways to, to sneak into the basement and and watch it behind my grandmother's back and eventually i got caught and then uh, that wasn't working so i actually got my best friend lewis hastic he lived five doors down from me his dad would tape it religiously religiously so i would wake up 5 30 in the morning you know i would barely sleep the night of a pay-per-view i would barely sleep uh Fuck. Uh, the one that I remember the most was, was the Royal Rumble 99. I couldn't sleep. You know, did Austin uh, did Austin win? Did McMahon eliminate Austin? What happened, you know? So I woke up at 5.30 that morning, went to my friend's house five doors down, got the tape, put it on for 6 o'clock, watched as much as I possibly could of it. Uh, I would obviously rewind to the ending, you know, because... <laughs> I didn't have that much of a, a space to, to watch the entire pay-per-view. So 7.30 hits. I hide the tape under my couch. I sneak back into my room. 
I pretend I'm sleeping. My grandma comes into my room to wake me up for eight o'clock to go to school. And it was, it was a routine, right? It was like my secret little routine, a secret little plan that I had going on with uh, my buddy Lewis and his parents. You know, they knew what was going on. They knew that I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling and, and they still, they still hooked it up and thank you to them. So, you know what? First, let's thank the half sticks. If it wasn't for the half sticks, I don't think I would have fell in love with pro wrestling as much as I, as I clearly have, you know. Oh yeah, and what is it about Austin who just captured an entire generation of wrestling fans? I have still talked. I I'm, I'm still doing shows about Stone Cold Steve Austin, and he has his own podcast now. You know what? You know what I think it is when I think about it. Like, I mean, the the, the typical answer is. He was he was the rebel. He was the renegade. You know, he was going against the rules. He was, you know, he was giving the middle finger to his boss and saying fuck authority. And and me as a child, uh, I I think I related with him so much because, you know, my life was essentially a microcosm of that. You know, because my grandmother was so strict. You know, and I was I was always kind of under the thumb of of authority. You know, because I I was a hyper kid, so. You know, they're always on my case. So I think I related to him in that sense, and I think everyone else did. You know, they, they saw some sort of rebel who, who who could stand against the authority. And, and you know, as a kid, fuck, you hate authority, man. You, you really do. You can't stand the teachers. You can't stand, you know, your parents telling you you can't go out at night or, you know, you can't do this, can't do that. So I think that essentially is what really uh, really drew people kids to to his character and i and i think that's a big part to uh to why he got over but also you look at austin too he his, his mic skills you know he he would say so much but yet so little and and i think that was also um something that was so entertaining and exciting to see you know austin grabs a mic you know he's gonna say you know maybe 10 12 words max but each one of those words is gonna be a a punchline so to speak right and uh and yeah and, and i just think people kind of attached to him from that on from then on you know and uh i think that's why he was so over yeah and Over-over. also uh i think the glass breaking gave somebody to everybody just something to be excited about oh, i was so cinematic wasn't it yep that moment that that like that, yeah, and then I, a dun, 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 dun. and it just five seconds. You were up on your feet. You're like, "What is going, going, going on? What is he going to do now?" Yeah, always... no, exactly. You know, one of my favorite Stone Cold angles that I will never forget for the rest of my life was the the time where the corporate ministry. Uh, this was in like '99. Corporate ministry. They abducted Stephanie McMahon, and they were going to do some sort of sacrifice on her. Right. So Vince McMahon, you know, basically goes to find his enemy and, and pleads with his enemy to help. him. You know, he goes stone cold. He's like, Austin, you're the only one that can help me. You're the only one that could stop the Undertaker. I know we have our differences, but this is my daughter. You know, Austin's backstage looking at McMahon like, fuck that. Like, go fuck yourself. Da, 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 da. And, and then you're just kind of hoping, you know, because, yeah, Austin's a rebel, but you do want to see that that hero in him you know we're all waiting to see that element that that kind of shoots them into the stratosphere of being a hero right so the raw goes on ministry of darkness comes out they got stephanie mcmahon on a cross you know they're about to do this fucking black wedding sacrifice thing and and just at that moment when the glass shattered it was like oh fucking right you know it was just so Oh, it was just—it was heroic, but yet badass at the same time. Like rebellious, you know. He comes in, he stunners everyone, and and he saves—he saves the boss's daughter. You know, just to show that that sense of humanity really, really popped me, man. Really popped me large, and, and it's one of the best Stone Cold angles ever. When you talk about the glass breaking, you know, in certain moments like that, you know, where the story arc is kind of at that climatic point. That's when it happens, and oh, it was perfect. Oh yeah, because Stone Cold is just—he's 
I don't want to say the modern day cowboy, but he has that aesthetic to him where he can be the biggest badass in the world, but he's always going to do right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And as a kid, you want that. You know, you want to see that. You want to see the hero save the day and, and you know. And then we got that. We got, we got everything with pro wrestling. I got everything with pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. You know, and that's why I loved it so much because even though I was so isolated, I always found a connection with, with pro wrestling. I always found a connection with this this program, this, this television program. Oh, yeah. You know? And now there's now there's just so many options out there with AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor. Yeah. WWE has multiple show, shows now, which I'm actually loving NXT UK right now. That's probably my favorite WWE program. Just I love love NXT UK. My buddy Mark got me got me into it, and uh, I love it. I, I love just you know I love the chain wrestling of it. Yeah. I love I love the all storytelling. You know, like like there's there's elements of storytelling. There's 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 selling body parts and and working on it and and continuing things like the biggest issue for me in pro wrestling is when you know a story gets built and then all of a sudden nothing that happens correlates to the story that was started right like there has to be correlation you know if there's not correlation then there's a big disconnect and i think that's you know it's 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 an issue it's it's an issue in some senses right with with certain uh certain matches that i've seen or you know, certain promotions, I, I find, when you miss out on that, you know, and, and people bash WWE. People say WWE, they just don't like watching it. And I think a lot of a lot of it is that, that connection, you know. They lose the connection when they don't correlate uh, certain story dynamics that were started and then never decisively concluded. Yeah, because I'm going to get a lot, a lot, I'm going to get a lot of heat for for this. But when Vince Russo was writing for WWE, everybody had a story. Whether everybody. it was good, great, the shits, everybody had a story. Everyone on TV had a reason for being there. Like, and just like... For sure. Well, it's... And, you know, Vince Russo, he, get, he gets a lot of... He gets a lot of heat. Uh, but one thing you cannot deny is that this guy's ability to, to create a story and you know and and just write a story angle and, and say let's nail it like he 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 hit it on all cylinders in that in that regard you know while he was with wwf um you know i, I feel nowadays though you know with my character it's it's imperative for me to to incorporate that story you know because the story is is what what brought us all to pro wrestling Right. Mm -hmm. I just I find that like I when I when I first started wrestling, you know, I, I had to assess uh, wrestling cards, you know, whether they're the indie shows or, you know, television shows. And, and I found that sometimes, you know, the, the matches would blend together because the, the parallels are so similar. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and speaking of uh, characters, you you have a very very interesting one can yes. can we talk talk about where this actually came came from where it started started from because i'll be honest i didn't right. uh i i try to follow as much on ontario indie as i possibly can but i somebody directed me to your stuff and now i and i just dug the dug down in the youtube rabbit rabbit hole and i think i watched yeah, you gotta, every you gotta really dig there yeah i think i saw uh, most of your matches on on there you have a very interesting look interesting character and interesting style thank you what do you what do you want to talk about first <laughs> well as far as my my style and my character um you know so going back on to what i was saying about about the storytelling aspect you know um i i was kind of forced to come up with creative things, you know, and, uh, and various is that, that I felt would feel different than what, uh, most people were used to seeing. Right. You know, I, I found if I could stand out, 
uh, and also contribute on an element I, as a fan of wrestling, would want to see. And that element would be, you know, uh, storytelling and, and I guess in a cinematic uh, kind of way, right? Now, my character is very uh, visceral, very carnal. Uh, but, you know, for me, it was it was just a matter of, okay, let's, you know, let's give people something different, something entertaining, and, um, you know, create something that's also real to me, true to me, you know. Uh, so the Lost One Gemini's essentially is, is a derivation of, of a lot of things. Um, you know, first, the Lost One, Lost One character uh, started when I was, I was in Woodbridge. And, uh, you know, I'd always say this thing, lost ones will rise. Uh, the lost ones will rise, you know, I was always told that I was lost because, you know, because I lived in a shelter, uh, you know, I lived on the streets for a long time. And, you know, I was always told by people like, he's lost, right? Kids that I went to school with, I'm not at school anymore because I'm in a shelter. Where's, where's, you know, where's PJ or where's, where's Jem? And, you know, oh, he's lost. I don't know. He's lost. We don't know where he is. So so the loss kind of stuck on. And I was like, you know what? Well, lost ones will rise. I may be lost, but I'm going to rise. And I always told myself that. Lost ones will rise. Lost ones will rise. And, uh, you know, even before it was a hashtag that I'd used. So I was sitting on the bus in Woodbridge and just thinking, like, lost ones. Lost I'm like, that works. That works. Lost ones. And, and you know, the name lost one was never an idea. Uh, it was just the term, you know, the the catchphrase of it really, really resonated with me and resonated with people in similar circumstances. So I kept it the catchphrase, but the name, the name didn't come until I went to Battle Arts. And when I was at Battle Arts, I was trying to figure out my character. And uh, I don't know, randomly one day I was in my kitchen, I put on some face makeup because I figured, okay, well, you know, let, let's look at my cultural background. And uh, I did some research on my cultural background. I'm actually, I'm Chilean and, and Italian, right? So mm -hmm. I looked at Chile and uh, in the 1500s, the Chileans were at war with uh, the Spanish army. And there was a tribe of Chileans called the Mapuche tribe. And there was a warrior by the name of Galvarino, Galvarino. And uh, Galvarino and the Mapuches, they would they would paint their faces white and red every time they'd go to battle. Uh, it was it was a symbol of like the blood of you know the blood of their comrades that were murdered, mm -hmm. and the white was stood for the bones of of the skeletons of the corpses. Right. So I, I just kind of put it all together, and I was like, you know what? I'm like paint my face white and red right and uh i went to battle arts and i'm like anthony i'm like white and red face and he's like i love it he goes you know what he's like we're gonna call you triple v i'm like what he's like triple v and i'm like okay what's it stand for vicious voodoo victor i'm like vicious and i'm like uh i don't know man i don't know if i really feel that uh and he's like okay well you come up with a name this weekend because it was going to be my debut in, in the Battle Royal. So I was like, okay, I'll think about it. I'll think about it. And I went home and I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Like, fuck, why don't I just call myself the lost one? You know, because I, I, I was so different than everybody in this school, you know, in battle arts. I was just, I was different than anyone I met in the wrestling business, you know. I, I felt that I was kind of a misplaced hand, a, a misfit, so to speak, right? Just because... Just the way I view things and, and what I've experienced in my life, I just felt it was it was practically impossible for me to be, you know, in a relatable conversation of life with someone because, you know, I, I, I can't relate. So I'm like, fuck, it's like I'm lost. It's like I'm just lost, you know, because <laughs> I'm, I'm by myself in this world. And I'm like, that's it. I'm like, fuck it. Lost one. So I go to Anthony the next day. I'm like, Anthony, I got it. He's like, all right, what? The lost one. He looks at me, thinks, perfect, that's it. And from there, I was like, all right, fuck it. The lost one I am. And, uh, yeah, 
that and the lost one uh lost one was born and then i just kind of put all the pieces together and gem came uh well gem came from a little promo i used to cut i used to and this is before i went to battle earth so promo i'd cut uh in the showers i'd, I'd come in i'd be like I'm dissecting the complexion of perfection. I'm the answer, the question, the lesson. I'm the gem of professional wrestling, you know? And I was like, the gem, gem of professional wrestling. Like, yeah, cause you know, fuck it, I'm like a diamond in the rough. And, and, and those times I was, I was really into CM Punk. You know, he'd come out, he'd be like, best in the world, best in the world. And it, it was, I remember what he said in his, his DVD was, um, how am I, like, I have to believe that I'm the best in the world in order to be the best in the world, right? So that's why he's like, he says he's the best in the world because he believes it. So I'm saying I'm a gem. I have to say I'm a gem in this business or else, you know, like, like I need to believe that I'm a gem. I'm a diamond in the rough in this business that no one's, you know, hasn't scratched the surface enough to find, right? So the gem of professional wrestling. And, and then I look at my mom's last name, Jimenez. Gemini's, switch the I with an E, Gemini's, perfect, lost one Gemini's, lost one Gem, and that, that's kind of how uh, the name came to be. You don't really look like anyone else on the indie scene right now, which is kind of awesome, because you don't, for independent wrestling fans, you know there's the wrestler's look, right, and yeah. there's basically three 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 kinds of kinds of looks for guys the tall the tall jack guy yeah. the the big man yeah and there's always a third guy that kind of doesn't fit right but you can tell he's a professional wrestler gotcha. you don't yeah and you don't really fit any of those molds which is kind of refreshing to see too yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I find that that could be also a blessing and a curse yeah. in a way, you know, uh, because people don't, when I say people, I mean like, you know, the decision makers, they, they don't know what to do with me, right? Right. Um, and it, it becomes kind of difficult for me uh, to get booked by certain promotions uh, just because of the fact that you know, these promotions, they're used to having this structure of wrestlers. You know, like you said, these three types of guys as wrestlers. And, and they can play with these guys. They know how to book these guys. They know what matches to put these guys in and how to work them. But see, with someone like me, it's it, it's kind of a thing where they got to kind of twiddle their thumbs about and just think like, oh, fuck, well, what the fuck do we do with this guy? You know, yeah. How do we put this guy in here? And... uh and I feel it's 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 been a big issue my entire wrestling career. Um, and speaking getting soaked and yeah, getting on. And speaking of that, you've been wrestling a little well a, a little while now. When did you you actually start? So when I actually started, ah, jeez. Um, so I was I was a backyarder. I was one of those guys that, that loved what you saw on TV. Uh, and I would backyard wrestle with my buddies and we we do stories and I, I mean, it was just, that, that's where really, really, like I, I took my first bump on the park grass with Tom Chater. So that was, that's what I, when I first started, man, we would beat the crap out of each other. But, but legitimately, um, I started in 2011. It was actually right after my father uh, passed away. And it was something that, that I promised my dad I would do. He, he made me promise him while we were watching SmackDown that uh that if, if i wanted to do wrestling if i loved wrestling and had the passion for it then he made me promise him that i would uh that i would pursue it because he knew he didn't have uh, much time left so i uh i heard about squared circle and uh i mean that's that's another long story of its own how i found out about it but eventually i got my buddy and my uh my old school uh 2000 cadillac and we drove over to Squared Circle training, and and uh, and the rest is pretty much history, you know, with with many parts. <laughs> but that's when I started, 2011, uh, at Squared Circle, and my first coach was actually uh, it was Fuego, of course, but uh, it was actually it was actually Chad, 
Chad was one of the first people to help me with my roles, and also uh, Bon Vertigo, Jeff, who uh, me and my buddy Mark just were adamant on calling him coach for like the first two months. And then <laughs> I even saw him last month at a show, and I went up to him, I'm like, hey, coach. And he just shakes his head. He's like, fuck, he's like, you still call me coach. <laughs> to, to me, though, <laughs> To me, I was like, well, fuck, man. Like, you're the guy, you know, you helped us. Like, he helped us tremendously, man. Him and Chad were, were with us the whole class. And honestly, they didn't leave the ring until we got the basics down fucking pat, you know? And uh, so I really uh, I really respected that about him. So I, when I call him coach, it's, it's not uh, it's not an offense. It's, it's honestly the, the highest praise, in my opinion, to give him because he, he really helped us out. But yeah, that, that's when I started um i wasn't officially booked until i believe 2013 and uh yeah i lost that booking um uh, that's when the injury started happening started off with uh separating my ac joint doing a, a shoulder tiger roll you know i tried to dive into my shoulder roll too much uh, i spiked it separated the ac joint uh the next week was was the most horrifying injury. Well, well, down the road, obviously, I'd have a way worse one. But uh, <laughs> but the concussion I had that weekend uh, still traumatized me to this day. I didn't know who I was, where I was, what time of day it was. Because... I was driving in my car. Um, like like I, I remember I was planning a training match with my buddy Mark, who was a bigger guy. And I was getting ready to work John Green, the Death Proof show with Chad. So Chad was the first person to believe in me and, and put me on a card and book me. And uh, I figured, okay, well, my buddy Mark's a big guy, so maybe I can, uh, you know, work him to get ready for working John Greed. And uh, we go in the ring, and then next thing I know, I'm driving on the highway. Uh, I got my wrestling boots still on, and it's nighttime. And my buddy Mark's beside me crying and freaking out. And I just remember asking him, what happened? Well, what's going on? What happened? And he was just so fed up. He looks at me. He's like, dude, he's like, I've already told you 75 times what happened. We pulled over. I showed you the video. He's like, how do you how do you not know what happened? Like, he's freaking. I look at the fucking clock on my car, and it's like 7 p.m. Holy fuck. Like, it was 3 o'clock. Like, last thing I know, it's 3 p.m. It's daylight out. We're, we're, you know, and then now I'm in the car. It's nighttime. So I had to get pulled from the match because of that. And uh, and that was that was rough. That was rough. I wouldn't have a booking until, until Battle Arts, until I did the Battle Royal. But as far as, like, uh, a big booking, yeah, I wouldn't have that until, uh, until 2016. I just got to say, I've had one concussion for sure in my life and unless you we have one you don't know what what it is oh that's horrifying i don't care who it is it just it's terrifying because yeah you're not yourself yeah and and you just you have no control right you yeah. have no just just not knowing something that you should know is is very alarming you know i mean like like what time of day it is for instance or who you are or what your fucking name is or where, where you're going or like just just not just just kind of getting put into a place and all of a sudden you're in this place and you don't know how you got there you don't know why you're there you know and it's it's oh man and it's just kind of <laughs> like you're on autopilot and then you just kind of wake up yeah exactly and it's just yeah it's so i i try to be super careful now man but you know when you're when you're green you you just you get injured you know or maybe mild maybe serious but you know you're you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna you know you're not gonna be uh eddie guerrero for a first week first year of training no way you know? oh, no. so also yeah he's one of probably one of the top five wrestlers of of all time there so <laughs> oh he's my favorite man i'll never forget the time i found out when he passed away yep oh man so I was the only guy. Like I, I lived, um, I lived with a bunch of friends when I was 18, 19, and they were all uh, they were all tough guys, right? And they didn't like wrestling 
at all. I was the only one that liked wrestling. <laughs> and I remember when Eddie Guerrero passed away, I started fucking bawling. My buddy's like, what the fuck are you crying about? I'm like, my fucking favorite wrestler just died. And, you know, and then they knew him in the video game. They're like, oh, the guy that you always pick in the wrestling game? And I'm like, yeah, man. I'm like, fuck. You know, and I got so emotional. I, I went to the, I used to go to the gas station before I'd go to school. They would always have the new WWE magazines. I was huge fucking mark for those fucking magazines. So oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I, I would uh, I would take the magazine, go into the bathroom with my knapsack, stuff it in my knapsack, head to school. Next day, fucking do the same thing. End of the week, I have, like, like all these magazines, and, and I'm just cutting Eddie Guerrero pictures out of them, and I'm posting them on a billboard. And I, I literally made this, like, this memorial bristol board with Ed, like with an eddie guerrero collage on it and it was just it was like my eddie guerrero fucking shrine memorial whatever you you may call it it was it was right there on my wall and i just i'd look at it every day i'd, I'd fucking pray or i you know look at it before i pray before i go to bed like look at it when i wake up i just i was so in love with eddie guerrero man and yeah, that's that's just, that's the lengths I went to. I was I was the biggest mark ever, and uh, I was I was affected by his death. I really was. Oh yeah, because Eddie Eddie is one of those wrestlers that he's not everyone's favorite, but once you start watching him, you're hooked. Oh yeah, man. Jeez, I, I, like, even last week I was watching some of his older matches, and uh, you know one of my favorite matches of his was uh, it's actually him and um. Him and uh, Chris Benoit. Oh, yeah. Those two working together in Japan when he was uh, Black Tiger. It was just, oh, it was incredible. Just the chain, the smoothness. I mean, there's there's so many elements of pro wrestling that I love to see. And it's. I feel like we're not, uh, I, th- I, I don't know. Uh, I feel like pro wrestling is metamorphosized in a sense. Oh, yeah. And we're, it, we're not really seeing the good stuff as much as before. It's also... Wrestling changes throughout yeah. throughout the years, and actually just did a did a podcast on Swa style. The Swa style podcast just did an entire episode on the dark side of the ring, Benoit story, and yeah, most and just brought up Eddie. <laughs> Seeing Chavo talk about talk 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 about finding find finding Eddie, I just broke. Was... Oh yeah, you know I, I I knew it had a big impact on Benoit because I'd I'd always see pictures of him writing letters to Eddie Guerrero, oh. and um in the magazine yeah I'd always catch those pictures, and um and then when he when when Benoit when that shit happened I was like, you know what I'm like what if he didn't get over Eddie's death? What oh, yeah. if Eddie's death had something to do with it? And sure enough, you know it it did. Yeah. You know, I related that to my best friend, right? Like, fuck, you know, if I lost my best friend at that time, I, I thought about how would I how would I react. And I, I don't think I would go, obviously I wouldn't go as far as fucking Benoit went. But but then again, you know, there's there's a lot of questions with, with that that death and yeah. what really happened and what didn't happen. And, and is the conspiracy theories that surround everything that personally... Well, of course. Personally, I don't believe any of them, but people gotta put put they gotta put a reason reason to it. And I tell you what, theorists will always have a job even in recession. Oh yeah. No matter what, no yep. matter what. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Keep it rolling. Oh yeah, back to back to uh, uh, back to you. You. Alrighty. Well, you seem to have a very unique style is that the it's your wrestling style is very unique from what i've had from what what i normally see just like your your regular gimmick and the way you look the way you talk and just i gotta ask who was your favorite what was your 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 favorite match of yours so 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 far well i'll I'll touch on first off my my difference like in my in-ring ability i think it has a lot to to do with uh different styles of training mm-hmm. so you know going with battle arts i learned uh 
I learned the submission style of wrestling. Uh, I was always a big fan of the UFC. Uh, so I found that I adapted to that submission strong style uh, very quickly. Uh, before even pro wrestling, I was I was boxing. I was I was trained to be a boxer because first that's what my dad wanted me to do. Mm-hmm. So that and then with Fuego, it was uh, Fuego. You know, he taught a lot of different uh, roll up techniques and you know a lot of uh, I guess you could say you know he, he would mix in. Not necessarily Lucha Libre, because we were never really working the right side, but, you know, like high-flying, head scissors, stuff like that. So I kind of just encapsulated everything into that and just put it put it out there. See, one one thing I want to say that, that Anthony told the class, uh, which I think is extremely relevant to be heard by, by wrestlers, young wrestlers, old wrestlers that are listening to this podcast right now, one thing Anthony told me and us, the class, was that you want to be careful with how you present yourself in the ring. Um, he's like, because here's the thing, like, ask yourself this question. He says, what makes you different from a fan who wants to be a wrestler or a, a wrestler who's, who wants to be uh, a worker? And he says, the difference is, what you invest into your skill sets will make the difference between you being a fan who wants to be a wrestler or being a wrestler. And what he meant by that was you got to learn different tools. And I, and I feel a big issue right now from what I see is that a lot of guys they're they're coming in there and they're, they're learning these moves and they're, they're doing these high paced matches. But a lot of guys, you know, if they were to get into a street fight, or if they were to, to have to defend themselves or their family or friends, they would be fucked, you know? Because the thing is, what we do pro wrestling, you can't pro wrestle someone in a street fight, right? Oh, yeah. So so what Anthony was saying is, you got to learn tools. Learn jiu-jitsu, learn Muay Thai, learn boxing, learn karate, learn kung fu, learn taekwondo. Add these to your skill set so you're not just a fan. Or a mark who wants to be a wrestler. You're you're a wrestler who's a legitimate fucking tough guy. Like you look back at seventies, eighties, no one will fucking start a fight with Harley Race. No, <laughs> you know what I mean. That those guys were shooters. Those guys were fucking shooters. And what he was saying is that wrestlers nowadays need to also be more shooters. I mean, I was just watching a Killer Cross video before you called, and that motherfucker right there. You look at Killer Cross, man. But I, I wouldn't want to cross him. No pun intended. But like he's he's got a martial arts background. This guy was was gonna fight for you know, MM. He was gonna be an MMA fighter, but he just loved wrestling more. But see that a guy like that. That's the kind of guy you want to put the title on. That's the kind of guy you want to coach your locker room. You know, and to lead the younger guys into the future. You know, that's the guy you want to put your belt on. You want to put a belt on that guy. He's legitimate. So. So that was that was the one thing that Anthony said was was just to legitimize. So I did that. So I, I, I took in all my knowledge. I I started self teaching myself kung fu techniques. Uh, I started learning Japanese. Uh, I started improving my my jujitsu and submission wrestling. You know, and my my movement in the ring, my boxing. I use I use in the ring as as far as my uh, my cadence goes, right? Which is also very different and uh and i learned breakdancing moves as well like that that move that i do the rise up and that's a breakdancing move and i just i oh man i day in and day fucking out with that damn move practicing it practicing it because i knew if, if i could come to the ring and you know and and someone knocks me down and and you know i want to have a, a hope spot or some sort of comeback spot for me to pop up face on the ground up to my feet it's something that's never been done before. It's something that no one else is doing. And it's, it's something that people can't duplicate. You can't mimic that unless you, you take the time that I, that I took into learning the actual move. But a lot of guys, they're not, they're not focused on, on putting in these outside elements into their arsenal. They're just, we go to this guy, we learn how to pro wrestle, and then we learn from another pro wrestler how to do this pro wrestling move better and then learn from that guy to learn 
how to do another pro wrestling move better. And that that's fine. I mean, hey, you know, it's still pro wrestling. You know, you can't fault them for that. But but what Anthony was saying and, and, and what I bring to the table is is that perhaps, you know, we should also put in some more arsenals. You know, put in some some nuances that, that are gonna be different than what the crowds used used to see. Right? Yeah. And that's why I guess my style does come across as different because I did take the time to learn these these different elements and incorporate them in, into my product, my brand, the Lost One Geminis, and uh, and that's that's kind of where that came from. Now that you're explaining more, what what went went into into your 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 move your move set your the just your style i i can't even compare you to to anyone else like the only only one i can really compare now is like a uh that's so different and so out there would be darby darby allen but even you you two are so different yeah uh and darby darby allen's a cool guy like i um i messaged darby allen actually on instagram once and i just told him like he was talking about his story and i said you know my story's similar and I told them that, you know, lost ones arise. I'm like, you're in the States, but you represent the lost ones of the world. And I'm in Canada, but I represent the lost ones of the world also. And he actually liked my comment and commented back with, uh, with you know, like, dude, keep doing your thing. Um, and yeah, I agree. Lost ones arise. And I was like, fucking right, Darby. You know, and then he actually gave me a, a shout out. Uh, before the the CPW Heritage Rumble, February, I got Darby Allen to give me a shout out, and uh, I posted that. And yeah, we just we just understood each other, and and that that's crazy that you would say Darby Allen too. That's that's awesome. That's so uh, <laughs> so coincidental because oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's someone that I really look at as like yeah, that guy that guy gets me. That guy gets what I'm about. Gets what the lost one's about. You know, he he gets my whole shtick you know the thing is about my shtick is is it something that's that's relatable it's something that kind of digs deep you know it's it's not something that just kind of sits on a plexiglass to look at face value it's something that really um comes from deep inside someone you know deep inside someone's soul right like when i say lost when i'm, I'm talking like, like like troubled people you know i'm talking about people that that have that have struggled in their lives you know because if, if i don't speak for them no one else will and and i know it sounds very cm punk cliche for me to say that but but no i, I do feel like i have this beautiful and and i am blessed to have this opportunity this platform for me to be able to express this to people you know i have a platform where i can i i can kind of relate with people and speak on, on certain people's behalf that, that most mostly other people don't like to regard them you know and that's that's kind of why I find this kind of digging deep you know this is why it's so important for me to come out and, and stay consistent and be who I am and you know my brand is my brand uh, and it, it just it has the capability of, of touching a lot of people and, and uplifting a lot of people and essentially that's that's what I want to do I, I just want to do it for the people that um, don't have the kind of support that others have you know because yeah. when uh, and I'll end it with this I'll say this like I, I want to be the big brother that I wish I had when I was living through those times you know I want to be the, the voice of motivation that I wish I had when I was living through those times. And when I was living in those times, I told myself every single day that I would get to a point where I could be. And here I am. Awesome, man. And the beauty about wrestling, when that 12-year-old kid comes up comes up to you after, that's probably magic right there, right? Oh, man. <laughs> you know what? One story I'll tell you, man, that they're just... That really, really put things into perspective for me, man. Was uh, we were doing a charity show. Uh, I don't, I don't believe it was Courage Pro, but it was with Justin Graves. That's another guy who's really had my back. Oh yeah. Uh, he's really had my back, that guy. So he books me. Um, him and Aiden Rain. Aiden Rain tells me there's a booking available at a show in Hamilton. So 
yeah. gives me the gives me the number. It's Justin Graves. I call him. I'm like, hey man, you know, I'd love love an opportunity to wrestle. So he puts me in the battle royal. Wicked match, honestly, one of one of my favorite matches, man. And uh, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll get to my number one favorite match after this, but oh, yeah. but he books me in this ro- in this battle royal, and we're doing it. It was a charity show for for a kid with cerebral palsy, right? Mm-hmm. And man, I mean that that shit that shit melts my heart right there, you know. So I, I do the match, I get eliminated. And the kid's all upset. I'm outside of the ring and I'm selling, right? So I'm I'm laying on the floor. I'm I'm selling my my you know my injury or whatever. And this little kid reaches his hand out to help pull me up. And I look, and this kid's in a wheelchair, and he was reaching his hand out to pull me up, to pull me up. You know what I'm saying? And he was yep. in a. I remember seeing that. And I, I went and I'm like, you were the toughest kid that I've ever met in my life. And I told him that and I took a picture of them after. But to me, that that moment right there was was enough to be like, you know what? This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. This is what I want to fucking do for the rest of my life. Um, just, and it, it sticks with me, man. The fact that, you know, I was I was a hero to this kid. And this kid was trying to help me up even though he was in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, and, and oh, man. See, moments like that, they just—they really put things into perspective, you know. You know, they put—they put life into perspective, and just how important you are to—you know—how important we are as wrestlers to these kids that that need that hope, you know. And these kids will will give everything to make sure that we're okay, even though we're trying to do it so they're okay. Like, it, it's it's such a yin and yang balance that that just kind of merges beautifully, you know. Um, and yeah, that that moment, man. And shout out to Justin Graves for for giving me that booking. But my favorite match, and this goes back to your question you asked earlier. Sorry, right. I got carried yeah. carried away before. But my favorite match would have to be with Quan Chang. The oh, reason yeah. being because me and Quan, we uh, we had a good story going into it. You know, it was this this never die attitude that I had and then Quan Chang this this destroyer this vet who's, who's just a monster and me and him we we had uh we had two matches the first match ended with controversy ref threw in the towel he's concussed ref threw the towel and called the bell so I was like he never beat me he never pinned me or submitted me he can't beat me if, it, if it's not for his, his kicks he didn't have his kicks he couldn't he couldn't beat me so the rematch I work his leg I try to take his leg out of the match, and we just we went at it, man. It was it was such a smash mouth in your face kind of match, my favorite. And oh, yeah. the end of it, it ended with him about to give me that kick again, and now my coach throws the towel in. It wasn't the ref? Because I crawled up the ref and I was like, "You don't dare stop the match." Because the ref was about to ring the bell because he hit me with the kick. I crawled up the ref. Don't you dare stop it. I had a fire comeback. Eventually, we go to the end, the finish, and the finish is I'm on my knees, Quan's about to hit me with it again, and my coach throws the towel in. So it, it kind of left it open for for a trilogy match, and it was just it was just a very special match for me, you know, in, in regards to my history of Quan. Quan was one of the first wrestlers I ever spoke to before I even went to Squared Circle. Uh, my uncle's girlfriend gives me a phone number. This is a guy at my gym. He's a pro wrestler. I'm like, oh, cool, an actual pro wrestler I can talk to? Sweet. And that pro wrestler ended up being Quan. And then down the road, I'm wrestling him. So it was it was just so uh, serendipitous in, in a sense, right? And uh, and that was that was my favorite. I mean, I had my family there watching. It was the crowd was hot. And and that 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 match right there, one of one of my favorite matches. And I and I hope to work Quan again. Uh, amongst other guys, I mean, there's there's so many other guys in the indie scenes now that are just really blowing up. Uh, oh yeah, you know. in in on on Ontario indie right now, we are kind of blessed. We have amazing talent here. We do tremendous amounts, tremendous amounts of you know guys like Justin Sane, Justin Sane, man, that guy is such a hard worker. Oh yeah. When I tore when I tore my ACL. In uh, 2017, he actually tore his ACL. I think it was like two weeks later. 
So we went through ACL surgery at like the same time. We were like parallel with each other. Jerry so he just... was actually coaching me through my whole recovery of ACL. Yeah, so I mean, I, I attribute me even being able to come back to, to Justin Sane, really coaching me, helping me out. And he's a great talent. Another guy that stands out huge is Carter Mason. I mean, that guy is that guy's fucking money. And, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people got heat with him and, and you know, the way the wrestling world works. You know, there's, there's, there's a Card- level of politics. And, and, you know, if I get heat for saying it, then so be it. But it is what it is. There's there's mm-hmm. a level of politics and, and there's there's some aspects of clickiness. And, you know... Uh, oh, and Carter Mason is a... I consider him a personal friend. He... He's he, a stud. This, this guy's a star. He's, oh, he's yeah. a hand. He's a big-time hand. You know, and I, I think me and him working together and doing a program together would be would be something special. Would be something really special because of our backgrounds, our our, our uh, history with music as hip hop artists. Yep. Uh, and then and then, you know, our, our two contrast wrestling characters. I, I mean, he, he's someone that that just really uh, you look you look at someone having that it factor, and, and he's one of those guys that I would definitely love to work with down the road. Uh, a few other guys too. I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to get in shit for, you know. Or you forgot to mention me, but uh, Rip, Rip Impact, he's a hell of a coach, hell of a wrestler. Rip, it's just it pisses me off that he's not in Ring of Honor. It pisses me off that he never got signed in the recognition he deserves. He, he's he can wrestle any style, Japanese, North American, Mexican, doesn't matter. Uh, well, and Evan Greenway, Evan Greenway, you know, he's he's making his rounds up there too. But uh, I mean, we got to look at guys our quality, guys that have that that factor, right? And fortunately, there's there's not there's not a lot yet yet, right? Like there's right. there's people that are established and have their gimmicks and everything set, but as far as the ones that kind of separate themselves, um, there's only a select few, right? And and I. I Justin Sane, Carter Mason. Uh, I like Safe Travis. I like that. <laughs> I like Safe Travis. He's he's got he's got his ways to go, but but you know him too. He's up there. Uh, oh yeah, he's a uh, he's going to he's going to make a mark. I know that. I believe so. I believe so. But yeah. man, so many others, so many others. You know but there's a whole other federation too, right? Like Smash Wrestling, and oh, yeah. that—I mean—that Fed is like, I, I, honestly, to me, that's like the—I don't know—that's that's like the AEW or TNA of, of Canada, you know, of Ontario. I mean, Smash is up there too, and you you look at the guys on Smash, you know, a lot of them, a lot of them too have their, you know, have their mark to be made, right? So, it's just yeah, just you you gotta you gotta look at a. Uh, Look at the field, and and honestly, the name stands out for me. Like I said, Carter Mason, that guy is. Uh, Carter, and uh, I did a charity show last summer. Um, he was actually he main e main evented it, and against Cody 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 Adina. And it was a fantastic yeah, match, and those guys put on a. Those guys put on a fantastic match, and every time I get to see Carter live, he's phenomenal. Why, why that guy's not signed yet? I have no idea. <laughs> you know, also with him, it's it's that same thing that I that I try to do. Like I, I can't say it for myself, but like what you said about my character, I kind of stand out, right? Yeah. Kind of have that presence. Carter Mason backstage before he's about to walk out. I I was backstage with him, and I just. I felt that energy that he had, you know, like when he had that cloak on and the crown on his head, and he's about to go out there. And it's like, look at him. This guy is, this guy, fuck, this guy's ready. This guy's money. You just, you just feel that aura. He, he has that big star aura. And where, where, where would you like to actually see yourself, yourself wrestle when, one day? Well, so my, my plan my my big big plan is is to kind of I, I want to collaborate with all elite wrestling one day. I want and when I say collaborate, uh, I'm speaking of my pro wrestling, of course, but I want to also uh, 
bring my 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 acting and my script writing and and you know the the projects that i'm gonna start releasing soon hopefully you know it's, it's kind of hard with this coronavirus but there's a lot of things i have on the go there's a lot of things i want to i want to put out there as far as my brand is concerned you know my music my merchandise all these things and my movie ideas i want to i want to bring it to AEW. i want to wrestle for AEW, but i, I also want to collaborate with them eventually help them get to to i guess you could say like a wwe films sort of deal where they're kind of doing movies and films as well as wrestling i, I think AEW is going to be huge i really do and i really believe in AEW. i have a, i have a strong passion for AEW since since their inception i mean even even before their inception at their all-in show you know it, it really they they inspire me they drive me motivate me to to want to be a part of them i mean obviously as a kid wwe but wwe is is, is very uh, corporate i don't i wouldn't say that i just say wwe is different like their their way of, of producing wrestling content is different than what i would want or what i would bring to the table i i don't think what i bring to the table would would correlate good with wwe system as opposed to what it how it would correlate with with AEW system so i i want to i want to be an AEW. I want to, I want to launch a TV series that I'm writing, and I want people in AEW to back me on it. Um, I'll give you a clue: the series I'm writing, I have to pitch it to a very renowned and famous Japanese um, <clears throat> Japanese uh, creator, and I just see myself pitching it with someone like Kenny Omega. Maybe not now, but I know down the road we'll, we'll sort of rebuild his relationship with Japan. And I want to, I, I just see myself and Kenny Omega kind of pitching this this idea to this Japanese creator. He's a very famous creator, and, and the idea is off of one of his video games. So it, I, it's already, you know, it's far fetched, of course, but it's it's what I see myself doing in the future. You know, whether I whether I get this script produced. Or not, I'll still be in AEW. That, that's that's my go-to plan. That that's the pot at the end of the rainbow for me. Awesome, awesome man. Okay, and just going to uh, wrap it up now. Um, where where can can anybody find you on uh, social social uh, media? All right, so everyone can find me on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, the Lost One Geminis. They can find me on Instagram at the real Geminis, um, G E M I N E Z. Uh, my Facebook page, of course, Perino Joshua Fiolin, and my fan page, Teal One Gem, on the Book of Faces Facebook. And also, uh, hopefully, by the time this airs, I'll have my website up and running, uh, kind of a platform. For people to come on to grab some merch and also check out some of my stuff uh, and that'll be tealwineshop.com hopefully it's ready by then knowing myself with all the stuff that i have to do probably won't be <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah for the most well, part that's you know anyone shoot me a message text me promoters you know obviously not now with this coronavirus but uh oh yeah but i hope to when... get booked Hey, let's when... get the Lost One Gemini's book this summer. I mean, I got a lot to show people. You know, yeah. I haven't even scratched the surface yet. No, you definitely, definitely do. All right, man. I just, just really want to say thanks for uh, coming on. It's been pleasure's it's all been, mine, man. Pleasure's all mine. It's Tell been. Me, I really appreciate it. Yeah. No, no worries, man. Okay. All right, and before we go, remember, Lost Ones will rise. And wash your damn hands, people. <laughs> and wash your damn hands. Stay inside and rise up. Yep.
Gotcha. There we go. Just say something, anything. Just like, hey, this is so and so, and you're listening to Gil Me Talks. Hey, this is the Lost One Gemini's here, and you're listening to Gil Me Talks. Perfect. You're not in the red. Good. La 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 la. Okay, there it is. Perfect. Yeah, as as you can see now, I'm very very professional with setting this up. Yeah, good. see, the bar is uh, not that high as far as professionalism in my life, so you have nothing to worry about, though. <laughs> uh, it, it's all good, man. Uh, yeah. yeah, just got got off the phone with somebody else before you, so. I have a day off, so I'm getting my all my all my all my uh, my shit done. So yes, sir. Hey, we have a lot of days off these uh, these trying times, so to speak. So I mean, uh, what are you talking about? I work at Costco. Oh, <laughs> Gosh, whoops. It's, oh, by the way, uh, my podcast is 18 plus. You can swear. Yeah. Oh, so. I can swear. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, it's uh, okay. I, 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 I keep it, keep it, keep it rated 18 plus, so I don't hold, hold, hold people back from being natural. Cause uh, I like that. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever met him, but uh, I've had Warhead on the show many times. Great friend of mine, <laughs> one uh, of the very few friends I have in this business. Oh well, uh, mentor, well, you know brother, <laughs> I, I honestly, I can't, uh, I can't say enough good words about him. Oh, Chad's awesome, man. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Well, a buddy of mine. He's one of a guy, that's for sure. Oh yeah. No, I love going to uh, to to Kitchener, grabbing that, grabbing 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 lunch, 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 lunch with him. Yeah. Oh, there I we go. Done that yet. I gotta try that out. Oh yeah. No, he he loves this place. It's uh the Adventurers Guild. It's a great great little little restaurant place. It's awesome. Yeah, I'm gonna have to call him up on that then. Oh yeah. After all the social distancing's done. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> After social distancing, make <laughs> sure to get the public service announcement out. Uh, I will be mentioning that once or twice during the show because it's. Hey, that's fine, man. Don't be like the other company that doesn't mention it. Uh, I'm just like, man, I, I, I'm honestly yelling at you, at people, people now. Yeah, it's 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 obvious what's going on. You know, we need to mm-hmm. play our part. We need to to keep you yeah. know social isolation going. Yeah. And uh, you know, I I think it is what it is. It, it's staring us right in the face, and to ignore it is uh, is asinine. Yeah. You know, in my in my mind, and it's it's just it's or sorry, asinine. It's asinine in my mind. <laughs> what's what's going on, and and just not. Uh, oh yeah. Stating the obvious. You yeah. Know, uh, well, Costco. Costco just rolled this out today, which is amazing. One card, one person. No more groups. No more people coming in with kids. One card, one person. That's it. That's how it should be. That's, oh, yeah. Honestly, that's how it should be. Yeah. It just um, it's such a big company. The anything takes time to to roll out. Right. And just yeah. Right. But anyway. We're not here to talk a about that. We're talking about the lost, the lost one, Gemini's. Yes, sir. There we go. Yes, sir. Okay. Enough talking about the social isolation. It's all over the news. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this God is damn, not. I need a break. Oh yeah. It's I. I'm not even scrolling Facebook anymore. Yeah. Uh, just, it's pointless just, now. No, it just Tiger King and COVID nineteen. That's it. That's all that I'm seeing. Even though I enjoyed Tiger King, it was. Complete oh, train a, wreck. What was... a shit show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't mean it as shit show. I just mean it as shit show as yeah, fucking chaotic. It, it, it was. It, just... it was a great show. It was. It was really, really fun. The oh. most chaotic art pieces yeah. are the most beautiful. I, 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 I yet to understand why. But <laughs> no idea. It's a fact. Oh, uh, what is your 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 uh, your shoot name again? So, my real name yeah. is uh, is Purino Joshua. Okay. And uh, you're gonna have to say that a few times to get it right. I. Um, oh no. I would, go just... by, I would go by PJ as a kid. As a kid, I, I was called PJ my whole fucking life. 
God damn it, I hated it. I hated it so much. You know, there's people that still call me PJ to this day. Yep. So, That's uh, why uh, my name's actually Justin. And the only people who still call me Justin are my wife and my mom. <laughs> right on. Yeah, no, see, that's good. Good for you, man. Oh, you, no. You've actually, you've, you've genocided it to just two people. Fuck. Yeah, that man. No, it's lucky. um because of the podcast. I've been doing this since 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't have my cards in front of me. I've uh, been doing it a while. It just kind of people call me, call me, kill me now. And whenever I go to wrestling shows, hey, Gilmy, the podcast guy, I'm like, I'm too drunk for this right now. <laughs> right on, though. Hey, Gilmy, I like Gilmy. Gilmy, it's, oh, yeah. it's got a nice ring on the tongue. Yeah, it does. Gilmy. Yep. Just like Jem, you know? That, that's what I told people. I was like, yep. Jem, just just call me Jem. I went through college. Just uh, yep. <laughs> teacher asked me my name first day. And I'm like, you want to know my name? I'm like, most of the people here won't be able to pronounce it. And he's like, well... What's the name that you want to be called? I'm like, Jem. I want to fucking... I want to be called Jem. I want to feel like I'm in a fucking wrestling show every time I come to class. So Do it up. Whole school called me Jem for my whole uh, whole term. Uh, so I was yeah. good times. Uh, interviewing that guy was fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but anyway, what I'm going to do is just... <clears throat> Sorry. Um, I do edit these. Anything you say you that you want take taken out, it's out. I'm a very much a straight shooter with that. I don't dick around. I don't do and do any of that jazz. Okay. Uh, you you want it out? I take it out. Even if it's like a couple days days later. You know what? I didn't don't really feel comfortable with saying that on putting it out there because. Mm, the, right. Well, you know, I appreciate uh, I appreciate yeah. your discretion in that regard, but. Uh, be quite honest if i'm doing this podcast uh you're you're getting you're getting perino joshua so to speak oh, yeah. uh so everything I, I tell you and i say on this podcast it comes from the heart good uh it's unedited it's the truth um it's not going to be sugar-coated and uh you know I'm, I'm kind of the guy that likes to speak his mind and how he feels and then watch the cards fall where they may right mm, so in that regard oh. that's okay all right. That's where I want to go with this. Let's, let's yep. do it. Let's give it. Yep. Um, I got my regular questions. I got my Gilmy Talk 10. All right. We're good. Interesting, different. All right. <clears throat> Sorry, just grabbing a sip of the water. I would just... I just took my last sip of tea. Ah, good. <clears throat> because my voice is finally back to normal a little bit now, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Ah. It gets... Okay, so got one more sip left. All right. Do it up. Oh, right. I'll wait. I'll wait for us to, uh, It might be a good little piece to say on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome, Lost One Geminis. Taking my last sip of tea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good little segue. Oh, yeah. All right. <clears throat> good morning, good evening, good night. How is everybody out there right now? This is Gilmy again, and I have a fantastic guest today. I clapped. I fucked it up. All right. Take, take two. <laughs> All right. 